0: Warning. 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 The Freestyle Club contains a dull language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Freeze. And I am the newest member
0: of the Freestyle Club. Batman. A new villain has commandeered the Gotham Museum. He's frozen the antiquities wing. He's turned the security guards into blocks
2: of ice. He's calling himself Freeze. Freeze. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's edition of the Free Stock Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'll be joined by the Broken One. Broken. It's time to set broken. you free. This broken. love is
3: broken.
2: Oh. Nick Colon. Hey, what's up, everybody? Also joining us this week is our very special guest, a good friend of mine, 27 years now. Please welcome the frozen food section, Freeze! Hello! Frozen food section! <laughs> we got two sections now. We got the broken and frozen food section all in one place. Freeze, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, man. I thank God. I'm alive and I'm here with my brother CPR and the broken Nick Colon.
2: You've had a very interesting career because you were a fan first. A big fan of, of freestyle music or as we call it here, clubhouse dance music. And I, I'm going to go back to when I remember meeting you, we may have met before, or I may have seen you at other places, but for me, mm-hmm. the place that we actually spoke was in Southbridge, Massachusetts at the CPR's Clubhouse record release party. You had this book, and in this book, you had all these pictures with all these different artists that you had mm-hmm. uh, or met. Do you remember? Do you still have that book?
1: Yep, I still have it, and I got it, it's, uh, I got about five books now. <laughs>
2: Wow. Who's your favorite out of that that you've taken a picture with and and you got an autograph?
1: Favorite? There's too many. For me, it was the first time I met uh,
2: Coral. So how did you get from being a fan at my record release party to being an artist?
1: Well, I was already singing freestyle, but I would sing other people's songs like Noel. I would do a lot of Noel covers. I would uh, perform at like uh, festivals. I would perform in prison. As a matter of fact, when I met you, I already had a song out, but it wasn't released yet. It was recorded, but I didn't, we couldn't talk about it. Willie didn't want nobody to know about it because he's working on that compilation. And we already had a song, but I just went because I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have to start getting used to this. So uh, in a in a little bit, so might as well start going to the shows. But before all that, it uh, it all started at Razzles Nightclub in Springfield, like my mother would call it, Razzles.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I gotta tell you something quick. One time uh, we were doing a show at Razzles, and uh, Willie Valentine and Cynthia came and knocked on my mom's door. Now I had left already to Razzles Nightclub, and uh, Willie comes into the house and he goes, "Hey, mom, how you doing?" Hey, where's Freeze? She goes, no, mira, muchacho, que ya, él se fue para Russell's. And <laughs> Willie said he wanted to laugh, but he didn't want to disrespect her. <laughs> so it's an inside <laughs> joke between. Uh, and my mother's one of those ladies that instead of making fun of people, you should you should correct them. But then when you correct her, she gets pissed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I know that he would have got his ass kicked if he would have, you know. Left, uh... <laughs> and he
1: told me he goes, uh, he gets to razzles. And then he tells me, yo, your mom, I asked her where he was. And she goes, that you already left to Russell's. And he goes, I wanted to laugh, (laughs) but I didn't want to disrespect her."
0: This is the Freestyle Club. Let's talk Freestyle.
2: Freestyle. You've been known as uh, the Freestyle's greatest hustler. You're the only person that can sell ice to Eskimos. And how did you sell yourself back then? to Willie Valentin, how did you get, how did you make that connection?
1: I didn't sell myself. Well, basically was that I met Pose and Pose was like, yo, I'm gonna introduce you to Willie Valentin because stuff had happened where I had met Charlie Rock and he was supposed to hook me up to record with him, but it was all about Moolah back then. And I thought it was like back in the days, like Richie Valen days, you know, you sing, you sign and let's go, you know what I mean? So it was like, what do you mean I gotta give you money to record? You know what I'm saying? And uh, isn't that still
2: happening it. now? Yeah. Only right. when, I,
1: uh, when my when my new R and B album's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> that's an inside joke. CPR knows.
2: So how how did you get to the studio to record? This is why I'm A V P.
1: Well, it goes. You want to start from where it really started? Was uh, I had went to a show, like I told you, I was already starting to get in transition because I knew that uh, I was gonna be with a either a record company or I was going to make music. So I went to a show that Juice was thrown, Cynthia, Giggles, and I think Noel. But Noel didn't show up.
2: That was the night that the Bendito curse started. <laughs> it was the night that Sapphire was, Bendito, no, let him sing, let him go up there. I put a Bendito, Bendito. So <laughs> the Bendito curse happened.
1: What happened was I started singing all the songs as they as they were performing. I was in the front row. Uh, Like I told you, I'm a fan of freestyle music, and even after all these years, I'm still a fan. But uh, I was singing all the songs, and Cynthia, she was pregnant at the time, she was looking at me like, man, this this guy knows all the words, you know? And and then if you look at me, I look like a hip-hop artist. I didn't look like a a freestyle kid, you know what I mean, back then. So uh, she gets to the point where she goes and uh, wants to pull somebody up to sing Dream Boy, Dream Girl. So I get up there and she pulls me up and I start singing Dream Boy, Dream Girl with her. And then as soon as she finished, I knew that right there and then that was my chance. So I just took it and I try to sing after that another song and Juice cuts me off. <laughs> he cuts me off. He goes, all right, not everybody wants to be a freestyle artist. Yes. And he cuts me off. So all of a sudden, since I'm well-known in uh, Massachusetts for other stuff, which we'll get into, the crowd started saying, you know, freeze, 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 freeze. And then uh, he said, all right, go ahead, let him. And then that's when I sang the a cappella Noel's, I think it was Like a Child at Play. And then after I sang that, that's when I met Charlie Rock and he gave me a card and I was like, oh, it's on now. You know what I mean? But before all that, I was doing a karaoke contest and uh, I would win a lot of contests all- in Northampton, in Connecticut, I mean, everywhere. Uh, so I was always into singing, always. I've been singing since I was like five years old, man. Even though if I might not know the words, but I would mumble the words and- or something. So I-, I knew it was always something with music, and I DJ, and I did a lot of stuff with music. And then from that, after Charlie Rock told me about money and this and this and that, I was like, oh, man.
2: How I- much money, if I may ask?
1: I don't even remember, but I know it was up there into the couple of thousands. And uh, I was like, nah, so I got a little discouraged, and then from that, I met Pose. And then when I met Pose, he told me he's going to introduce me to Willie Valentine. Pose called him, and I got on the phone, and Willie's like, when can you come down? And I was like, uh, tomorrow. I was a chef at uh, Westover Air Force Base and at UMass, so I took time off, and I went to New York. And I went, and I met Willie, and not even... Ten minutes in the house, he's like, "All right, sing." Well, the first thing he asked me was, "Was I a rapper?" And I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> man," I, because I have I I always have this like you know the hoodie. Uh, I don't know if you remember CPR when they had that uh, what was it New York Freestyle or some page like that where they yes. had the thing of that I was uh, should I change my ways because I was considered like the bad boy of freestyle because I had the jewelry and the saggy pants and the. Hats and the this and the that and freestyle had this more of a uh, the dressy type of guys with the uh, shoes and you know and I'm over here with Timberlands uh, laced open and you know things like that. They had a little uh, uh like uh thing. Should I change my way? And I ne- I was not gonna change for anyone. I just stood the way I was.
3: When you went to William, you sang for. Do you remember uh, what you sang?
1: Yeah, I sang Mark Milan uh, Foolish, Foolish Pride. Pride? But first, mm-hmm. uh, Willie goes, so ten minutes into Willie's house, uh, he meets me, he asks me if I'm a rapper. I'm like, no. He goes, Well, you look like a rapper, you don't look like a singer. So I was like, all right, so he goes, All right, sing. I was like, all right, put a beat on. He goes, No, 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 sing. I was like, damn, I just met this dude, and he's <laughs> like, yo, sing. So you know me, I am always a jokester. So I wind up going, and he goes, get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then I said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking." And that's when I sang foolish pride, and then Willie heard my voice and then he goes, "All right. Uh so we went into the living room and chilled and he stood in the in the studio and I didn't know he was making a beat. And he makes his beat and then after he makes his beat, he goes, "Uh all right, pose and you uh go write a song." And I'm like, you mean write a song I'm, I'm arguing with pose like yo you didn't tell me i was gonna write a song and and shit like that so i was like man this is why i didn't want to come here like this man I mean, you know like we you know real quick i wanted to be prepared so i said all right look uh the name of the song is this is why and, okay so then we were like this is why what this is what this is what and then we started thinking i was like all right uh this is why the relationship keeps falling And then we started from there and we wrote the song and the same day we recorded the song and that's when we came out with This Is Why.
3: I love when stuff just comes out um, very generic and uh, just, uh, I guess, what is it, the, the synergy of it? You know, mm-hmm. you guys are in the moment and just, you came out with a really great song. That's I didn't funny. know so, that was your first song either. Yeah, but we were arguing, me and Pose, I was like,
1: this is why, I want, you know, this is why. And, and I was like, all right, so it's this is why, that's the name of the song. But okay, this is why, why, you know? <laughs> so we're like, all right, this is why the relationship ain't gonna last. So let's start from there. And we wrote the song and we recorded it and then i was on a uh, avp4 back for more with uh, hot productions i think that's that was the company then then the second one was uh micmac artistic which was i gave you my heart i gave you my
0: heart gave my heart.
2: Now you have a very interesting relationship with uh, Micmac Records, so uh, do you want to uh-huh. tell them about that story?
1: I would have been probably one of the big old school guys, but uh, back then I was into more of uh, selling drugs and women and and you know, just the, the streets. And when I heard freestyle, I was like, man, that's 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 like you need because I was so hardcore, right? I was born and raised in Brooklyn, I was into the streets, so for me, listening to that, it's like that little spoof that uh. Uh, was it Michael Anthony did on Willie's thing? Nah, 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 nah. My, my big pun, big pun. Nah, my boys crying over you. You know, undercover freestyle. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to associate with freestyle. And then all of a sudden, uh, AB, which I know for years, he was telling me that they're doing shows and uh, basements and parties and halls. And I was like, nah, that's not for me. But then I wind up going to prison. And then when in prison is when I started, you know, you. Get the headphones and you listen to Clubhouse, dance music, you know, 90.7 WTCC. And I would sing songs. Uh, COs would let me sing in the whole cafeteria. Anywhere I could sing, I would sing.
2: Which consequently, Uh, because of mm -hmm. Reese, we are the number one show in all of prison.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just kept, you know, doing songs and, you know, and singing and battling. Because back then you would battle people, can't battle for money, but you would battle for cigarettes, and cigarettes is like money. So I would do that. One day I get the address to uh, Micmac Records. I was like, wow, the guy's name is Mickey Garcia, and my real name is Angelo Garcia. So I was like, I'm going to write him a letter. I'm not going to tell him I'm in jail. They don't know what York Street is. You know what I'm saying? It could be an address. So I wrote him this letter and told him, you know, if, if he could sign me, I'm a, I'm a pretty good artist. I could sing, I could dance, I could do this, I could do that. I could sell stuff and all that. And uh, if you give me a chance, you know, we could, uh, you know, make some money. Well, uh, I waited a couple of weeks, nothing happened. A couple of months, nothing happened. or suddenly, you know, uh, you're sitting in the, in, the, in the jail and they're calling to give your mail out. And I got this big yellow manila envelope. I was like, oh shit. And it said Micmac Records. To me at that time, CPR, Nick, I thought it was a contract.
0: <laughs> it was
1: a big, it was a big envelope, Manila envelope saying Micmac Records on the corner and all this. And when I opened it, it was a catalog to order. <laughs> 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 to order cassettes and CDs my sister. And uh, believe it or not, uh, years later, I spoke to Mickey Garcia. We were eating at a restaurant in Manhattan. And he goes, Yeah, I remember that letter, because I wrote a serious letter. And he goes, that was you? I was like, yeah, he goes, shit, if I would have known that was you, then I would have been signed. (laughs) But we wind up making music with Mickey a couple of times. So it was kind of like a blessing, you know, something that I thought was gonna happen didn't happen. But I Years later, I'm recording for the guy that told me to come buy some CDs in the catalog.
0: Subscribe to the Freestyle Club Podcast, TheUnknownAdmin.com, and CPRSMusic.com. Com,
2: You eventually worked your way up into having your own album
0: mm-hmm. on, on artistic
2: mm-hmm. recordings. You, mm-hmm. again, are, are the one that was known as the salesperson. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I guess that comes from, you know, your your upbringing, the streets, the hustling. You just I you worked. brought that I mentality always, to yeah. freestyle.
1: Yeah, I've always worked ever since I was a little young kid, 12. I had a full-time job at 12 years old. And back then when you was a kid, all you needed was uh, your parents will sign a paper and you could go to work. Now you can't do that. They'd be like child labor laws. Shit, I was working at 12 years old. I had a full-time job. And I've always worked, whether it was shoveling snow, raking leaves, delivering newspapers, washing dishes, just everything. I was always a worker and hustle. I would work on an ice cream truck, uh, and um, for many years, Mr. Softy. anybody from New York knows Mr. Softy Ice Cream. The boss would cry because my mother was like, no, he has to go to church on the weekends. And the guy would cry because he's like, he's good, man, he's my best. You know, he's good at what he's doing, and we would make tons of money at the flea, flea market in Yonkers. And the guy, the owner, Joseph DeFeo, would cry to my mom, please let him. And my mother would, all right, go ahead, you could skip church. And I would go to work. So I've always had that thing. Like, if I open up a business, it'll be successful. If I do something, it always turns to gold.
2: How did you come up with the concept for the Freeze album? And how did you get that done?
1: The name Freeze came from when I was a a little kid. Uh, We lived in a a building in Brooklyn, and my parents... uh, there was a store connected to the building in New York, and uh, we lived on the third floor. And uh, my mother and father went to the store downstairs, and when they came up and they looked through the door, there goes my brother and sister putting uh, ice from the windowsill in my diaper. Freeze. Like that feeling as a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was small. I don't even remember it. But my mother was like, and then when you got older, every time it would snow, you would take snow and put it on your peepee. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got the job at an ice cream truck, I needed a nickname. And I was like, damn, I'm starting a a, a job on this ice cream truck and I need a name to, to to be cool. Because I was gonna be like, my name is Angelo, I needed a nickname. So I started looking around at the ice cream, missus, Mr. Softy, I'm like, no. Uh, I see the, the, the machine says Electro Freeze. I'm like, Electro Freeze? Nah, 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 nah. Then I was like, Mr. Freeze? Mr. and Freeze? Mr. Freeze. So that's how I got the Freeze name. And then that's, so I was already Freeze and then the concept came uh, with Willie. Uh, Willie saw how, you know, I came out with AVP4, how many albums I sold and wow, this guy's good, you know? would call Willie I need 25 I need a hundred I need 80 I need 60 and I was selling them and he was like wow then we came out with I gave you my heart and I sold a lot of that too and then uh, I had wrote a song called memories and Willie was like I don't know freeze I don't think that song's gonna work out nobody's gonna want a song of you know memories of people dying and they're not gonna dance to it so I, I honestly out of all the songs that I've released I think it's like 16 or 18, I don't know how many songs, but Willie was like, uh, that's the only song I ever paid. And I told Willie, listen, I'll pay you for this song if you just record it for me, please. And I paid him, and we recorded it, and and we know the history of memories. memories of so <laughs> Willie was like, alright, yo, freeze, you want to work on an uh, album? And I was like, let's go. We went in and just did the other songs, and that's how we came out with the the Freeze Style album.
2: Now, that was version one, because if you fast forward, then version two came out when you connected Mm -hmm. with... Bad Boy Joe and What If Productions.
3: You get an opportunity to do a a second album. Why Mm -hmm. choose to revisit the first album and not do a brand new album?
1: I wanted to do that, but Gene was like, being that that album only came out independently, And it Mm -hmm. didn't come out worldwide, because remember, now you're messing with people that are going to put albums that go all over the world, not just in Springfield and Massachusetts. And yes, Springfield heard of it, but not, you know, uh, around the world. So he was like, I would like to do that. Why don't you record a couple of new songs on it, too? And then we will release it through Mm -hmm. Bad Boy Joe. All right, if you want to do that, that's cool. But so we recorded a couple of maybe three or four new songs and a couple of remixes, and they did everything, man. I got either 40000 or $35,000 I received for that uh, freestyle album. And, and the man that I am, because I'm not a greedy man, I give Willie half of it. I didn't have to give Willie nothing. But I felt that, you know, he he invested his time in me. He made the music. Um, and you know, I'm one of those people, if I shine, you shine. So I went half and half and I gave Willie half of the money and that's how we did it. And I bought him a couple of things like a keyboard and as gifts and, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a microphone and all
2: that stuff. I think back Mm -hmm. then it was a different mentality. Um, I remember Mm -hmm. us being together, us being more of a unit. Do you remember that? The Puerto Rican festivals? Yep. Yep. Uh, I I
1: started the... I started doing Puerto Rican festivals when nobody was doing Puerto Rican festival, but I was singing other people's songs. You know, I would sing like a Noel song, a Mark Milan song. And then when I seen that this crowd of people were enjoying this, and because Clubhouse was so big in Massachusetts, that's when I, after I signed, you know, that I was with Willie, I was like, yo, let's, uh, I call Willie and Phil and them. And I said, come on down, man. If you come now, you'll perform. And they came down, and the rest is history. Then we started doing it, like you said, as a unit and getting people involved. And it, it went from freeze, being the only one there doing freestyle, and we just kept doing it until, like you said, we became a unit.
3: What did it feel like when you went from singing other people's records to the first time you went on stage and you were singing one of your own records? Do you remember what that felt like?
1: Yeah, yeah. I threw up in my mouth.
0: <laughs> Honestly.
1: Really? Yeah, I threw up. It was uh, I performed at Beatstock in 1997. Floyd Bennett Field with Pose. I'm performing in front of, I think it was like 20,000 people there in a hangar. And it was like one of the first Beatstocks. You know, they're like, you're next. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, 20,000 people, 40,000 eyeballs. And I threw up in my mouth and I swallowed it back up. And <laughs> then I went on stage. <laughs> I'm not going to throw up. I mean, you got people like Cindy Lauper there, Anita Ward. You had Colonel Abrams. You had everybody from freestyle to R&B to pop to everything. And I was like, I'm not going to look like an idiot and throw up, you know, in front of everyone. So I swallowed it and went up on the and performed. <laughs> and then after that, we got Pose up there and we performed and he performed and I performed and we went back and forth. We even performed on stage with uh, Vicky Sue Robinson and the real sugar hill gang on stage with them and it was like wow i can't believe this i'm in brooklyn my hometown i'm performing and this is unbelievable and yeah, that's you know how cool. i you know how i got into that cpr with that book that green book my yes. autograph book i walked in with cds with my first song uh, on it avp4 with poses albums walked in played it off like you know, I'm his manager, and we got to get in there so he could get on stage. I showed him and talked and did the lobs and all that, and I went from one checkpoint to second checkpoint to check, third checkpoint to us on stage.
3: So you guys weren't really supposed to be performing?
1: No, we were not performing at all. Vito Bruno, put us <laughs> down. You can have Mark Anthony and I'll get in the backstage yes. with
2: him. The finesse of Freeze is that he can get to any event, okay, backstage with his significant other, for free. Yep. And at the end of the night he leaves with money in his pocket. That's how good. Oh yeah. We got tickets to a fever concert in New York. <laughs> and this is before social media like Facebook or anything like that. There were boards. I thought it was an honor for Sal to connect with Hey Zeus Jews, Louis Rodriguez and I and give us tickets. We were here in Springfield like nobody got these tickets, you could get these tickets. We get to the event that night and who do we see? We see Freeze. We just, pass <laughs> we just pass by him, right? By the time that we go upstairs to the backstage area, he's already back there. He had no tickets, no <laughs> nothing. Freeze got this super lobby, the gift of gab. I've seen Freeze sell his album that was released on Artistic, and then the other version that was released on What If Productions. Sell those two <laughs> CDs at the same time to the same person, and they buy both. <laughs>
1: Because what I do is, instead of what I wanted to do was just continuously keep selling compilation albums with one song. Because I started getting the the fans a freeze. So what I started doing was, if I come out with this song, they're going to want that song. So I pushed that whole album, and they're buying that whole album for that one song. And then the next song came out, and then the next song. And then after I got to about six or seven songs, or five songs. That's when I said, okay, let's do an album, and then we got rid of that album.
2: Boom. He got mm-hmm. both CDs. This is the new mm-hmm. one, and this is the old one. Yeah, but the same songs are on the same one. Yeah, but this is the new one. Do you understand? Right, but the new one has three new
1: songs, and this one doesn't have the three new songs, and this one has the two remixes, and that one doesn't have those two remixes. Right. So, so, you, so you, what would you yeah. do, Nick Cologne?
2: <laughs> what would you do? What would you buy? I would buy the new one. Right. No, no, no. Not not the people that would talk to Freeze. They would buy both. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Freeze would tell them, no, no, you got to have the one that is like this.
3: So, pretty much at the end of the conversation, they're going, give me three of both. Uh, he, <laughs> no, serious.
1: Uh, he, d-
2: let's uh, say, listen,
1: he, I, and right now I'm selling, and I've been selling for the last four or five years, the Freeze's greatest hits. Now, what I did with the Freeze's greatest hits, I added three new songs to the old songs, and sold those same songs, because now the fans want those three or four new songs that they don't got, but they got the other ones, but they don't have those, but now they have it all on one CD. And now that album will be released again in a couple of years, and I would add, like, Latin Love, and I would add, like, Games People Play, City Lights, and some other songs that I have recorded, and then sell it with my old stuff with
2: that, and then sell it again. The Freeze Anthology, coming soon.
3: <laughs> There's an old saying, um, Your fame has preceded you. And that's one of the things when I first heard of Freeze, I heard this years ago. It's like, this guy can sell glasses to the blind. Like, yeah. He, yeah. He's just, you know, the, the gift of gab. And, and I, I mean, and I would hear this all the time about how. Uh-huh. You know, he was super famous in your area and everyone knew who he was. And, and like how he would just sell like all the records because I, when I interned with Willie and, you know, finally I get to meet him and yeah, it's like, oh, the, the legend lives up to it. Everything is exactly like that. <laughs> the
1: thing is, never lie to the fans. Just be honest. You tell them, listen, you got six songs that you already got, but these six songs are with these four new songs. And if you want all of them, you got to get this album.
2: You confuse the shit out of them. That's what you did. They, bought, Pretty they, much, spent, right? they, spent, they spent thirty bucks, thirty to forty bucks, on mm-hmm. two CDs that were the same, but one had additional songs. You know and what I mean? And then on
1: top of that, on top of that, I got to do uh, Bad Boy Joe's Volume Two, Volume Three, Volume Four, and Volume Five. I uh, hooked Willie up. I always hook people up. I I was the one that was uh, allowed to go around and ask people that I thought they were worth being on the second CD with What If Productions. I worked with What If Productions at Gene Rambola for years. I would make tons of money through my house, selling CDs to stores and all around from the from my house. I don't know if you remember that, CPR.
2: Absolutely. Yo, I used to get, out. get check this hundreds, out, CPR. And
1: hundreds and hundreds of dollars through UPS. My kids would be like, "Daddy, the check is here. I used to be like, great. People might think I'm on welfare. Dad, the check is here! You know, I was like, no, it wasn't the check. It was UPS that would bring me an uh, envelope, and then in the envelope it would be papers of the all the albums I've sold throughout the United States, and then it'd be mad and $100 bills when they're brand new. You could put 15 of them, and it looks like it's nothing, you know? So it was like, boom, $1,500 here, $800 there, $2,000 here. So I was making good, good, good money with uh, What If Productions. And they made posters. They, I mean, I found my kids. Remember CPR? Then yes. we went to go see them. They found me in a store. They went into a store and seen one of my posters at a record store in New York. And he told the guy, that's our dad. And the guy goes, yeah, and Michael Jackson's my uncle. He goes, no, that's our dad. That's our dad. And then they went and they hid my, uh, where you could get in contact, like a fan page. Gene calls me. Uh, I don't know, some people saying that they're your kids. You know, and all this shit, and that's how I found my kids.
2: Subsequently, your daughter, which we met back then, Mm -hmm. Kim Orton, who is the wife of WWE superstar Randy Orton, which means that you're Randy Orton's father in law. Isn't that
1: crazy? You know my daughter, My Rose, CPR. Yes. And my granddaughter's name, Brooklyn Rose. Uh, I came out with the My Rose name. Now everybody's naming their daughters Apple and Cider and. Another thing, CPR, I didn't know whether to keep the name Freeze back then when I first started with the music, because it was like the name Freeze, everyone knew me as a drug seller, a drug dealer. I have a bad reputation of beating people down and hurting people and drugs. And that's how I got to Massachusetts. I came with a a team of 15 guys from my hood in Brooklyn, and we ran Holyoke in Springfield. We were making tons of money, man. I was one of the last ones to get busted. I was glad in a way because from that, that's what changed my life. So I was like, okay, do I want to continue in that path and come back out and start doing the drugs again? Or I'm going to wind up dead or this or that or this? Or do I want to change my life, become somebody and do something with my life? The correctional officers aided my guts. In the prison when I first got there, some of those correctional officers have worked for me at events as security, believe it or not. People they used to tell me, You're going to bed. And I remember when I left prison, I was like, I'm going to become a recording artist. And they're like, Yeah, that same guy that told me that he's worked for me at uh events. <laughs> and the other one used to DJ at uh, what's that club in uh, Aquarius? Aquarius, he was a DJ, he was a CO. He was another one that couldn't stand my guts and everything, but we wind up becoming close. I've sat down with my mom and have told us some of the stuff in my life, you know, that I'm not proud of. But And uh, she's like, man, you better get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> you know, I can laugh about these things now, but there's a lot of things that it's not, you know, it's not funny. Being in jail is not fun. Uh, selling drugs is not fun. Hurting people is not fun.
2: You came to some of the programs that I ran to have these kids know what it is like to be in there? You would come mm-hmm. to the Youth Build program. You would come and give speeches, and you were about the community when you, yeah. you were still here.
1: I received an award. I think you were there at CPR. I got an uh, award from uh, Dominic Sarno. Yeah, the man. Uh, I got uh, with the show that we did at the uh, the Mass Mutual.
2: The infamous night where Stevie B got arrested. Stevie B
1: got, yeah, got arrested. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: Everybody made fun of him except Freeze.
1: That's right. I uh, I was the one that bailed him out. I even though it, was, it wasn't my money, but it was a lot of money to <laughs> bail. I had to go and pick it up and, you know, to trust somebody with 30, 40, 50 grand and pick it up at a Western Union. And, and he wound up winning from that man. It was a woman that one of them was his kid, but the other ones weren't his kid. She went in there and said, these are all his kids, and it wasn't.
2: That was just a point that I wanted to make. Cause, uh, and we were on
1: tour. We were on tour. Yeah, he, did, uh, he had
2: another one the next night in, in uh, Rhode Island.
1: Yeah, we had a show at uh, the Dunkin' uh, Donut Arena the next night, and then we had the one in Songus at the Songist Arena too.
2: I bring it up because recently somebody made a comment in regards to me making fun of him at that time. Mm -hmm. Yes, everyone made fun of him. I'm backstage. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine I'm backstage and Stevie B's up on stage and he's singing Spring Love and he's like, okay, Springfield, I'm going to get out of here, Springfield. I'm out of here and then he's going to walk towards the back and he gets noticed.
1: They came out of everywhere, man. It was like if he was America's Most Wanted. It was unbelievable. I was walking right beside him. They pushed me to the side and... I was like, what the fuck is going on, you know? Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck was going on at the time. It was just crazy. It was a crazy day. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Yep. And and they were lined up in the back area, both sides. They had, Hiding, they had, man. They had riot gear. They yeah. had They had an old school paddy wagon. And I'm like, what it's is crazy. going on here? You know, Well, but- they probably
1: thought that, you know, with the team he was rolling with, you know, we were going to start wilding out and all that shit. You know who hit me up to? TMZ. TMZ had hit me up. You know, they wanted pictures, which I had. They wanted to buy it, and I never sold it to them. And I never, I just felt that uh, if I was a real friend, I was not going to do something like that. How, you did, know you, what I mean? how
2: did you develop a, a friendship with Stevie B?
1: I had just made this song Memories, and it was making a lot of noise, that song. I get a phone call, and it's Stevie B. I'm like, Stevie
0: B? I, and I have friends. You know Stevie D, my friend, Little Freeze, you know.
1: And then I have another friend named Stevie D. So I was like, Stevie B? So I thought it was one of them, and they were saying it wrong. And he wanted to talk to me. So I get on the phone, and it's Stevie B. And he called me and told me that he had a show at the uh, arena in uh, Philadelphia, back from some place like that back then. And he would like me to, you know, he said, I would like you to perform, um, you know, how much, you know, and I told him how much, and He says, but you got to sing this song. And he starts singing memories to me. And I was like, wow, I'm bugging out. I got Stevie B, you know, the king for me, uh, singing uh, my song to me. And he's asking me to sing for him at an event. And from that day on, we've been close. And he's like, uh, he considers my Rose his niece. And we're, you know, we're tight. We're pretty tight, man. But I'd never use him for, you know, put me on a show, uh, make songs with me. I asked him. He told me, no, I'm not going to do it. And then he does it with other people. But it is what it is. You know, I don't hate on nobody.
2: When you say that he made songs with other people, didn't other people use you to get to Stevie B?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know now and you know now. But, uh, you know, these are people that were talking about me, about making fun of my Bell's Palsy uh, when I got the Bell's Palsy. Um, and I'm not going to mention names because I'm a person that if I have a problem with someone, I tell these people to their face.
2: My only mm-hmm. regret is that it caused mm-hmm. us our friendship for many years because they made it seem like it was me being the dictator. Of- you know what,
1: CPR, but through everything, I never, ever had a problem with you, ever. That's what gets what got me pissed off through this shit that in freestyle, it was like little girl type of shit, bochincha shit, and I'm not that... T- I'm a person that Like, if Nick called me and said, yo, freeze, CPR said this about you, i say, Nick, wait a minute. Let's call CPR three-way, and we're going to talk to CPR about this. When I hear the person tell me to my face, then uh, that's when we'll have the problem. I remember when I came out with uh, Willie and coming out with the album, that there were people already with Willie in artistic and were pissed that I was coming out with an album, and I just came on the scene. And these guys don't have an album yet. And they talk shit. Ah, he ain't good. He ain't that. But then when they see you, yo, what up, Freeze? What's up, kid? What's up? So what I did was I made sure that I kept those people close to me. And I knew that you were this type of person. So I just kept it. And I played it along with you.
2: We go back a good side of 27 years. And Uh again, we we were at a time where we would celebrate each other's accomplishments. And I've talked about this before on the freestyle Mm -hmm. club but you were one of those people that we would celebrate these accomplishments like for example if you were doing a show you would make sure that i was a host there was a connection there the radio station made freeze and then freeze turned around and took the radio station with him to the show to make sure that people give props and you know everybody's connected willie would come from new york get together with you and i and we would sell cds together at the end of three days everybody would walk home satisfied because everybody had money. Maybe you made a little more money than I did, but everybody was okay. The point is, is that we celebrated each other's accomplishments, and we actually grew our area. You know Mm -hmm. for a fact that there were people going through Main Street, next to our record shop, next to Urban Gear, where where you work at a clothing shop, and you hustled that place into the most... Popular spot in the area, and people will be playing Tamara, people will be playing Elisa, people will Mm -hmm. be playing 301 East, artistic product all over the city.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel that what I've done for freestyle, I try to put everybody down in it. As a person that they consider a new school artist, what I've accomplished as a new school artist, no one has done to this day, which is get a deal with a record company, a real big record company. Have a big freestyle show at an arena, which I brought that one. They didn't even want to bring it to Springfield, and I tried to put new school people, but they didn't want new school people. And at the last minute, they put Willie Valentine down.
0: This is the Freestyle Club.
1: The fans and the people are everything. Two years ago, me we went to sell some CDs, and I went to people's houses and and delivered the CDs and signed them. We were in Holyoke, we stopped on uh, High and Maple. And I pulled over to sell one CD to everyone, and all of a sudden it became like, you know when Selena was at the mall? And yo, it got crazy, and my wife, Gabby, was like, honey, oh my God. She started getting scared because she thought we were gonna get jumped because that's how many people, cars started rolling. It was crazy, Pops was with us, Angel Cruz, and I knew what was going down. She, Pops knew what was going down because people had that love for me. But my wife was like, yo, this is crazy here. This is, you know, we're about to get jumped. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. It was just like, yo, and all of a sudden I'm selling like 40, 50 albums in, in a matter of from one album, you know, and pulling over, you know. So I just thank the fans of New England. I thank CPR, has Jesus Juice, Louis the Legend Rodriguez, DJ Alex everybody that has been part of uh, Clubhouse Dance Music. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I'm at today.
2: I remember going and... on the radio and saying, does anybody know who sings this song? Because I mm-hmm. had the song, but I didn't i didn't have the artist there at the radio station. And mm-hmm. that was one of the few times that I've actually wanted to interview somebody. And that's when mm-hmm. I played This Is Why. And mm-hmm. I was like, I need the person who sings this to come to the Yo, station. And,
1: and when you said that, I was on tour in Puerto Rico... I went and spent my own money, went out there for three months, and someone called me and told me that that, uh, the radio station wanted to uh, meet whoever it was that sang that, and that's when I went back and left Puerto Rico and went all the way to New England, and I went to your Freestyle Music Awards, and that's a true story, and that was a snow blizzard.
2: That was the second annual New England Freestyle Awards, which I took Uh over from larry v and it was done right Uh it was the best Mm -hmm. freestyle awards it was
1: it was great i was looking forward to another one and it never happened again but the the year before
2: the year before pose lost to romeo remember that oh my god (laughs) and then the, the following year it was artistic sweeps not for nothing but uh if you compare any of the artistic product to the product that was being released it. in this yeah. area, oh my God, you know, what a difference that Art- makes.
1: Art- artistic, Willie has left a big dent in the freestyle, and he continues. He calls me all the time, you know, when we gonna record again, when we gonna record, when we gonna do, you know, and I'm at a point where I'm cool right now. With the songs that I have, I've recorded new songs, no one never calls me and say, yo, I want to do Book Freeze because of his new songs. It's all your old songs. And I'm a person, if I'm going to come out with a song, it's because I want to make money off of it. And, you know, the point of recording is to make money. It's not just to have a song, have a video. What's the point of having a video and a song if you ain't even getting booked? I know people that are making 20, 30 songs in six months, and they ain't got a pot to piss in. But they have 20 songs. That's not me. When I see that it's a, a coming back, that it's okay, we can make some money off of this, I'd be the first one to join the bandwagon there.
0: Subscribe to the Freestyle Club podcast, theunknownadmin.com, and
2: cprsmusic.com. Go, 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 go. I worked with a program that helped people who that were. Well, first of
1: all, first of all, okay, here were we go the down. only ones. We were the only ones with the nextel cell phones.
2: yes. so we
1: were, we were like the big dudes out there.
2: yeah. so we I had a nextel phone. I had you know, you you always got the best model so you could talk about status. So for me, <laughs> so for me, I always had to have the best nextel. and i I always got the best Nextel because Freeze here worked at the place where they sold the damn nextel phone. so you know, <laughs> Holly if you hear me, you know what I mean? So anyways, here's the funny part about the way that everything was located. Urban Gear was on the left. If you cross the street to your right, you would see that my job was there. That was the life skills program. It was a mm-hmm. program for people who were incarcerated. So I was a job developer at the same time. So Freeze will be working at Urban Gear. Let me add to that, across the street, was the music center and CPR's freestyle factory. So my store was across the street. So to recap, my store is across the street where I sell freestyle CDs. Across the street from that is my job and adjacent to that is Freeze. So we both have the next cell phones. I'm doing my class and I'm dealing with people who have been incarcerated between five and 10 years. And I'm discussing the importance of them going back to work and, and how I'm gonna find them employment. And this is what happens. <laughs> hello cpr i just wanted to let you know that i just came from the doctors and it's not contagious it's coming out uh a little
1: green and it's uh like a cottage cheese type of thing coming out
2: but don't worry you're gonna be fine too okay don't worry (laughs) it's not contagious in the middle of me telling 20 inmates that that they were going to find employment But I wish, I wish I could say that was the end of it. But he comes up to my job, opens the door, and says, Hey, I'm gonna be here, ready for you. Check I'm here. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's the type of shit that I miss. Where a guy can sexually harass you. <laughs> and come to your job. Yeah,
3: but
1: Nick, I didn't even know he was at his
2: job and he was at a meeting. <laughs> but it wasn't planned
3: to embarrass you like on that scale. Oh, he, he got it. No no, 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 no. <laughs> uh,
1: but it was happening it was just funny.
3: Tune
0: in next weekend to the Freestyle Club for the exciting conclusion.